You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate and Micah. Andy's bitch ass couldn't make it. <laughs> you didn't waste any time. F that dude. He, and he can't even do anything about it. I know, he's and he's vacation. not going to listen, so he ain't going to hear it. <laughs> we should like, we should say stuff in our shows that is like very important that he should know. Just like little tidbits? Like about the podcast like, or whatever. I'd be like, hey, Andy. Next time I see you, if you give me three finger like three f- fingers up, I'll give you a hundred dollars or just something and stupid he, yeah, like that. And yeah. you know, just we're like, hey, we have a new partner, and yeah. if you if you say congratulations to us, you'll get part of it, right? Just <laughs> just just dumb stuff. <laughs> and then he'll just be like, "How's it going, guys? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. Did you listen to the last show? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was good. That was good. You freaking liar. <laughs> <laughs> we should. We hey, should just Andy, jack with him. Andy, Andy, we love you. I, I hope don't. you're having fun on your vacation right now. I don't love him. He's a dick. <laughs> do you want to get in a fight? Is that what you want to do? No. No, we're fighting. There's no going to get in a fight. We're fighting. <laughs> Is it like um, me trying to fight Dustin in tonight's show? Oh, no. I could definitely take Andy. Oh, there's the difference? Yes. That's what you think? Dustin would mess you up bad. Dustin would annihilate any of us. <laughs> All three of us together. <laughs> yeah, at like the same he, time. Like, he's a beast. Okay. I mean, he did wrestle D1, you know, he's pretty good. And granted, that was 10 years ago, but he doesn't look like he's taking a, taking he's a day a, off. But he also coaches wrestling. Yeah. Dude's a stud. He doesn't okay. look like he's taking any time off. No. No. He's a killer. And he's one of those guys, like, he's got a sleeve tattoo. Yeah. He's one of those guys that the tattoo really works for him because it, it intimidates me even more. I know, like, but like, he, okay, yep, that guy's a badass. <laughs> <laughs> but he's nice as can be. Like, it's not like your tattoo that's got faded letters on your back that some guy did at a garage when you were seventeen. You might, well, you might as well call it a prison tat. <laughs> it, exactly, it looks like a prison. Tat. It looks like you used to do crack, and somebody <laughs> no, gave you a tattoo. No, listen to this. So, this was last summer. It was one of the hottest days of the year. I remember this because it said hottest day of the year so far <laughs> and for some reason i had to dig this damn uh what was it it was electrical wire going to one of our plants and i had to dig it up because we were getting it replaced why i chose the hottest day of the year i don't know <laughs> but i'm sitting there digging in this fenced in area and i took and i had my shirt off i was like it's hot as hell i'm taking my shirt off my boss comes by aubrey she drives by she stops the car rolls the window you look like a prison inmate. <laughs> Rolls the window up and just drives off. I'm just like, 
Well, okay. That hurt my feelings, <laughs> yeah. and it's 100% accurate. I get it. It's pretty bad. I will, I will say your tattoos, tattoos. Yeah, I got a few. No regrets. But no, I like no, that, no, that one. That, don't that one is a that good one. Good. That, that one's, one's good. a good one. But it's such an odd tattoo. The the back piece. Well, I have had, I had like three people, three different people work on it. So yeah, it just your, didn't your work initials out. that didn't like stay. Yeah, and just, now they're like flames yeah, that are fading. It's, it's bad. <laughs> See, it's bad. your back tattoo is exactly why I never ended up getting one. Well, good. I'm glad I made that decision because I was scared to have that. Now <sighs> your tattoo on your uh, chest, your yeah. chest or whatever it says, forgive and forget. Yeah. Legitimate. That was a well done one. Yeah, they did a good. Job. I wish you would have done no regrets. <laughs> Not even not, a single letter? No, not one letter, huh? <laughs> but uh, anyways. Today's episode. Dustin, I love you. I'm sorry I was talking <laughs> shit. Don't hit me. Speaking of Dustin, that's who we have on today's show. We're talking about <laughs> summer fires. I about said it. I was about to say, speaking of hot, we're going to talk about fire. <laughs> but you just said, speaking of Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of hot, fire. Yeah. We talk about summer burning. Not something that gets brought up a lot in, you know, we we think of everything we do we think of deer hunting and stuff dustin looks at it in a different lens different yes he's looking at it at all angles so uh which is good i mean he's helping everything out i could just care less about everything else i just want to help the deer you know <laughs> right. i want to hold and grow big deer uh dustin wants to help out the quail he wants to help out the turkeys and everything else under the sun and so pla- and plants he wants yeah plants he native wants species to take over and not these stupid invasives that he, he's always talking about and yeah so summer fire is a topic i've never really even listened to right I, i'm sure there's other podcasts out there but it's not something we've ever even really thought of so dustin uh, actually the last time that we recorded was like hey that'd be a good one we could do at some point and so we said when yeah. And he said now. So we did it. Perfect. Um, so it's a good show. As always, Dustin gives some really good information. Uh, he told me I asked a good question once, so that's cool. Yeah. Good job. I'm smart. Proud of you. So uh, let's get into our sponsors before uh, today's show. Yeah. We'll just go ahead and start it off with Habitat Works. Who the hell's that guy? That's Dustin. Habitat Dustin. Works, LLC at gmail.com. Or you can call him at 816-752-7390. You guessed it. He does summer fire. So give him a call. Mention us when you call and you get 15% off any of his services. Uh, Weber Outfitters. This will come out on August 8th. That means you you might maybe have time to put... I don't know when we're... the closing entries yeah so this will be the last time we talk about it exactly the next one will be doing the live drawing that coming saturday so for the ultimate bow hunting giveaway yep august 12th in hawk point missouri at weber outfitters is their try and buy event we will be there uh dustin might be there yeah yeah we invite dustin go um but we'll be there for sure and it's a try and buy event different vendors are coming out the bow companies saddle companies uh, I think Athlon Optics is going to be out there. We're going to be there. It's yeah, a, an opportunity to try stuff out. And during the event, we're going to give away the ultimate bow hunting package that you can uh, enter in. If you still haven't entered yet, by the time you enter this sh- or listen to this show, like I said, we don't know when it really closes for sure. I would guess you can uh, apply until maybe they draw i have I don't no know. idea maybe the day before or something but if you want to just go into the show notes for today's show and there's a link right there to take you to the giveaway 
If you don't know how to get to show notes or whatnot, then go to MissouriWoodsAndWater.com and go into our Partners tab, and the link will be there also. So a uh, couple ways you can do it. You can also get to it through Weber Outfitters. I just don't know where they have it on their website because right. we have the link. So WeberOutfitters.com, check them out. Um, I want to say hi to a dude that went and stopped into Weber today. And um, what's his name? Tim. Tim was recently listening to an episode of ours and stopped in at Weber today. Oh, really? And uh, did he pick a bow? Decided to come in for a visit. It was time for an upgrade. Nice. Tim, message us and tell us what you got, bro. I see him uh, getting uh, several ones set up, but which one did you go with? Very cool. Interested to hear that. Yeah. Um, Athlon Optics, they're also, like I said, going to be at the Try and Buy event. Excited uh, to see our, our boys there. We haven't seen Drake in a little while. I don't know if Dustin's going to be there or not, but we haven't seen them, so excited to uh, catch up with them. Uh, Weber happens to be a dealer for Athlon as well, so check out Athlon stuff. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah. Some would almost say ridiculously good. Ridiculously good optics. Get yeah. it? See what I did? I see what you did there. All right. Onyx, use the code MWW20 for 20%. Hopefully you guys are on there, you know, picking <laughs> out where you're going to be on stand, putting stands. and. We just spent 20 minutes on Onyx after yeah, recording with just Dustin. just talking Dustin. With cause, Dustin. Because he's a... Uh, I don't know about expert, but he's a dang good map reader, and he's already given us some I will ideas. Call, I will call him that. Yeah. Damn good at, uh, you know, pointing us in the right direction. So, you know, use the code MWW20, 20% off. Camo Fire, Flash Sale. What's today? Today's Thursday. I'm not sure what yeah, they we're have. recording a, on a Thursday. The only thing we know is Trail Cam Tuesday, and it's not Tuesday. So I don't couldn't tell you what's on there right now. I haven't got on today. So, yep. Black Ovis, use the code MWW10 for 10%. I've been doing a little shopping on there. I tend to do that at a time. I like to fill my... I put a lot of shit in my cart, and then it sits there. Uh, Right, and then I'm like, okay, then I got to weed through what I actually want. I've also started using my wish list. Ooh, there you go. Do you know that that's an option? You can do wish list? Yeah. Save your wish list? I've never done it, but I knew it was an option. I've got actually probably too much shit on my wish list, because then I go back, and I'm like, wait a minute, which pair of pants did I like better? (laughs) I don't remember which ones, so. Right. Like I said, MWW10 for 10%. Huntworth gear. We love our Huntworth. Oh, and it's about to get even easier to love your Huntworth. Oh, I saw that. They got, they're doing some upgrading to their website. The system builder function is about to be live. Actually, by the time this comes out, it might be. Awesome. So how's that going to work for them? Uh, There's, I think, five different systems. Of course, I don't know all the details. Just talked to Karen yesterday, but... um, Let's say you're going to be a, a early season whitetail hunter. You can go in there and it'll have everything that an early season whitetail hunter potentially would could. potentially want. And basically, there's the system if that's what you want. Right. Now you can say, "Hey, I don't want the gloves." All right, so take you them just off. Don't. Well, it and doesn't it, automatically put them in there. It's just this is what is early and then you season. Probably just click on. Here's a mid season mule deer hunt or whatever. Um, that kind of gives going you to like, be a thing. A, like a temperature breakdown too, if I remember right. Yeah, it's got a little blurb about each item too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you can go in, add it to the cart, and move on to the next and build your systems from there. Well, when you build your system, use the code MWW15 for 15% off. Yep. 
Alps Outdoors. Use the code 2023WOODSWATER for 30% off. Huge discount. Hopefully you guys are using that thing. I mean, that that's 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 some big savings right there. And so. actually, I got even more excited about my Elite Pack because of our firearms. Yeah. Yeah, the guy's uh, my buddy over at SOB Holsters. Uh, he's going to make us some custom uh, holsters for that pack. Because, uh, yeah, the clip, like my, um, what do you call it, my concealed stock holster yeah. for my uh, sig is the clip is just a little too fat for those um the webbing or what is it called molly molly on the on the belt and i really would rather it be on my the padded part of my yeah like on the outside not, hip, yeah inside and he's gonna make us some so yep. pretty, excited, uh, about pretty excited about it and um obviously there's other stuff you can pick up from alps that is terrific to use on most of my stuff that I'm going to be camping with in Wyoming is going to be Alps. Right. I mean, my tent will be, my sleeping bag will be, my sleeping pad will be, my pack will be like, I mean, if I, if I use trekking poles, they'll, that would be their stuff. Yep. All that stuff, man. So check them out. Uh, Zamberland boots. My voice is still cracking. Uh, Zamberland boots, ZamberlandUSA.com. Speaking of stuff that's going to be in Wyoming with me, my links. I'm telling you right now, I've tried four or five different models of theirs now. Is that your favorite? Those are my favorite, yep. especially with the BOA system. I don't know if I like my Beltoros or my Lynx better. I've been breaking in my Lynx, and they're pretty well, pretty well broke in. I probably should put a few more miles on them, but uh, I'm pretty happy with them. But I'm also pretty happy with my belt Toros, so I don't know. I'm yeah. going to take both, so we'll just see. I, I took I, – I'm going to take two pairs this year too, but obviously I'm not going to pack one, it. One pair is going to sit in the truck just in case something happens. Right. Uh, the other pair that I think I'm going to take is going to be the Leopards. Really? I think the Crestas are going to stay at home. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, That'll work. Yep. Reveal cameras. As you guys know from last week's episode, their new app updated, and it's it's exciting. um, Let me look at this picture of this buck real quick. Yeah. Because uh, I got a picture of a buck actually this morning, Uh, a buck that I would like to shoot in the face. Well, no, not in the face. In the lungs. In the pump house. Um, It happened to be 77 degrees with a southwest 5.5-mile wind, 29.9 pressure, um and a waxing gibbous moon. Whatever the hell that means. Yeah, never heard of that moon. Do you know how I got all that information? By the app. On the freaking app. It's on the picture of the buck. Yeah, and then you tag it, and then once you build up enough, it's going to give you statistics of when. Which I haven't started tagging them yet. I need to. I've been tagging my bucks. Every single photo of a buck? I haven't just... done every photo. I don't know if i got to do every photo, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I've been doing a few. So it should build a statistics. I mean, it's for it. They're really trying to think of everything. Um, yeah, and like we talked about, I mean, I don't know if this got brought on, but you know, he he's a hunter and he wants the best thing out there. So uh, yeah, so he's trying to make. Yeah, it's a uh, nine forty-five, and uh, you and I might go set another camera. <laughs> I doubt it. But I mean, I'd I'd be down. No shit, I'd do it right now. Let's go. Let's go. Don't threaten me with a good time. I will threaten you with a good time. I've got my stuff that I don't have to worry about getting uh, eaten by ticks. Oh, yeah, that's true. Although, we will be able to walk straight to the creek. I got my hay dudes on right now. You know that? Yeah. We would. But And I'll talk to you off here. I'll talk to you off here. All right. Yeah, let's get into the show. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, let's get into the show with Dustin Williams with Habitat Works about summer fire. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right. 
All right, with us tonight for his first time on Zoom. Usually he's been down here with us, but we got our, our buddy and now newly crippled buddy, Dustin Williams. He's not so crippled anymore. <laughs> nah, he's been mended. We'll get into that. But we got Dustin Williams with Habitat Works on Zoom tonight because he worked late like a working man does. Dustin, what's up, man? Well, not a lot. Just I think I'm, I'm further along than you realize. I'm on the mend. Good, so. <laughs> I'm talking too much shit. He's <laughs> yeah. going to drive down here. He's going to drive down and whoop your ass. That's what he's going to do. Can't keep a good man down. That's uh, right. Our listeners, I don't know if you know this or not, but Dustin is a svelte individual. Svelte? Svelte. Svelte. He's got some muscles and stuff like that. Dustin's kind of a badass. Yeah. Definitely. We'll just we'll say that. So he's about an hour and a half away from us right now, so I'm gonna talk all the shit I can so that by next time <laughs> I was hopefully say, I've, I've never heard this side of you before. What's the deal? Is Hope. that is that not the most typical short man guy <laughs> syndrome you've ever heard? Yeah, he's way, so I'll talk shit. It's like, <laughs> like it's like a barking dog through his door. Yeah. A little yapper. I know where you live. Uh, damn it, damn it, damn it. Um but yeah, what's what's up, man? How's it going? Oh, that's good. Been been busy. Been doing some fun things and uh, getting ready to go on a trip to Oregon, the big, the actual state of Oregon. I live in the small town of Oregon right now, Missouri. But yeah, what are you going to do be, there? A little bit of sightseeing for six days, so quite a bit of sightseeing. A little vacation, it's, huh? It's a vacation. Yep. Nice. Yep. Nice. I, I've that's one state I would love to go to. I bet it's just absolutely gorgeous out there. Yeah, yeah. I would like to hunt elk out there. I'd like to hunt elk out there, but I'd go there just to see it. But that's a. Are you flying or driving? We're flying. I think it's, it's three and a half hours, so it's not really that bad of a flight. Really? Yeah, that ain't too bad. Probably like a twenty-hour drive. Oh, it's probably longer than that. It's probably like twenty-four. I bet. Is it twenty-four? I mean, I know it's on the coast. Twenty. The good thing is when you're driving out there, you gain two hours. That's true. But right. when you drive back, you lose them. So that's got to suck, but um, yeah, that, that's good. You need a you need a nice uh, vacation because you've been doing a shit ton of stuff this year, this summer especially. Um, mm-hmm. The topic we're gonna get into today, and just I guess I, we should make an assumption that every listener knows exactly who Dustin Williams and Habitat Works is. You should, but Dustin, quickly introduce yourself for those who don't know who you are, and kind of tell them a, a quick tidbit about habitat works and what it is you do yeah um i started the company in 2019 and kind of did that along with some other habitat um, jobs that i carried for a few years i worked for kansas forest service for a while i worked with a, another contractor in kansas uh, custom forestry applications um, had a good good time there I learned a lot from my boss he's a good dude um and worked for the st- of Kansas, the Fish and Wildlife Department at um, their wildlife areas along the Missouri River close to St. Joe. Um, so I've got a lot of experience managing wildlife habitat and um, an array of different habitat types, whether it's forest or uh, prairie type system or uh, river bottom ground. And there's it's all um, similar with some tweaks and some twists on how you might do things in each of those different places so yeah and that's why and you went to school for that as well too didn't you yep yep i went to mizzou m-i-z oh, and i was thinking yeah, Z-O-U. uh i was thinking about how long it's already been 
since I was there. It's coming up on 10 years since I graduated here mm-hmm. before long. Yeah, wait till it's almost 20. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But, but uh, um, you know, and, and Dustin, we've had Dustin on the show multiple times. Um, one of my favorite shows, we actually talked about Dustin last week's show in our BS session. Um, well, actually, it'll be two weeks ago show in our BS session. We all we got a listener question that was, what is something you'd like to get better at? And my answer was, I'd like to be able to read maps like Dustin does. And that's that's one thing I'm I'm absolutely floored by is, you know, your ability to look at a, you know, a topography map or, a, a you know, on X or whatever app map <clears throat> and just kind of plan it before you've ever seen it and talk about, you know, the the ridges that you see and the uh, you know the ways you would attack it to me that's that's a service i would definitely reach out you know for i mean dustin does it all and um that's just one of the things that he does but man i'll tell you what like i was i love sitting there that night and just pulling stuff up on our big screen and having him just go do do and i i think i what did i send you like three two or three different properties that we were looking to possibly lease this year and i sent them to dustin and said mm-hmm. what do you think of this and you know as soon as he got a moment he sent it back and he had a, you know a few marks on it. he's like this is what i think blah 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 and yeah stand placement here here yeah. this be good they should be moving this way that sort of thing so we yeah. luckily have an in with them so i didn't have to pay him for that but you know <laughs> uh i uh, no i appreciate you bringing that up i'd like to do more of that stuff for people because that's really fun for me and um really what it is is you, you take those points and those features and if you're, if you're scouting a new place or hunting public land or whatever that might be, it, it just helps you focus on some areas to start, um, you know, check those points out, see what kind of sign there is and, yeah. you know, look for your acorn trees and look for the food sources near those areas. And then you can kind of have a better developed game plan before the season ever starts and if you just went in and started walking the whole place so yeah and i think it'd be a great well i mean you think about it now i don't know how much dustin charges for that service alone although if you mention us when you call you get 15 percent off but yeah you know it's it's a i mean if that's the only thing you had him do it's a very non-invasive thing right i mean you could literally have a zoom call with him if you live in southwest missouri and he's up in oregon missouri and you send him a map, he works it up, sends it to you, and you guys get on a call, and he can go over it with you. And it's, you know, for a, a person with a new property, I think it'd be great, or someone who's having struggles with their current place. You know, maybe there, there's more they want to do with Dustin, but I think that's one of the services that... Well, uh, e- even like a new hunter, too. They're like, definitely. hey, man, I don't really know what I'm doing out here. You know, my grandpa's got this back 40 that he said I could go kill some deer on. <clears throat> putting you know if you're able to lay the eyes on that map you can point them in the right direction you know it, it might not be 100 percent, but uh, more than likely he's going to get you close yep so but uh we're not really talking about today now i will say we did have a show with dustin just a few months ago freaking apple podcast got rid of episode numbers so i can't tell you what episode number it is anymore but it was sometime during like early spring wasn't it winter time Man, uh, I don't even. What was the topic of that one? It was Is the art. Little? I think it was the art of reading maps or something. I don't even remember, but we talked about maps quite a bit. Oh, and it was the farm. Yeah, it was your guys' farm visits. That's, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, the breakdowns and all that. Yeah, uh, it was early spring. Um, 
But like I said, for some stupid ass reason, Apple Podcasts got rid of episode numbers, and so I can't just say go back to episode this. Uh, uh, I could find it on Spotify, probably. Yeah, you probably could. And actually, I can tell people what episode number it is real quick. Not that it's that big a deal. You can find it if you want, but it is episode <laughs> right here, one fifty. One fifty. Episode one fifty. That would have been sometime around. March or April. March, yeah. Probably Aprilish. Mid March, yeah, early remember. April. So anyway, that's a good show. What we're gonna talk about today specifically is summer fire. And it's something that honestly a lot of people don't think about. I never really have thought about it. I'm one of those people that always thought you burn in early spring. Like that's just when you burn. Yeah. When things get green, you don't burn anymore, right? Yeah. Well, Dustin disagrees i don't know that he disagrees that burning in the early spring is a bad idea but um i mean how you've been doing quite a bit of burning lately correct uh not lately because the the growing season burning has it really just kind of starts about this time of year Mm -hmm. and it runs through september october depending on the conditions right um so it's been a little while since i've done one and um we're recording this show yeah, what's July twenty seventh? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my first one of the growing season tomorrow, and then I have three more right now that I have to do for this growing season. So, and, uh, what what about summer burning is something you like? I mean, there's we'll get into all of it, but I guess what are some of the the main positives to it, and and how does that differ <laughs> from you know the early early spring where a lot of people think about burning? Well, all the burns are um, goal-specific, and so it just depends on what you're trying to achieve with your burn. And um, like the one tomorrow, it's prescribed by the NRCS um, for a CRP contract. The gentleman has a tree problem, and, and so burning this type of or this time of year is more efficient at setting back woody encroachment in in the CRP ground. And um, so for that goal specifically, that's this is a better time to burn. So, um, so, so it's not so necessarily great for uh, timber, or I guess you would call it like doing a timber burn. It is, it is trickier, I have found, this type, time of year, especially in our area, to do uh, timber burns. And that's because most timber stands are not improved, <laughs> and so they're shady. <laughs> they're they're really dense and they're shady and sunlight helps you get fire going tremendously right um that, that's part of the reason i didn't burn today um i was supposed to burn today and then it was cloudy and humid and when the clouds are over it's more humid um and so i was like it's looking at the weather tomorrow a lot better a lot less cloud cover and it should should create a better a better burn but so you asked about the timber Usually there's not enough sunlight in there and it's really damp in the understory and it can be difficult to get a fire to burn through the woods this time of year. Okay. So what, what about like you were talking about trying to uh, knock back some of the woody encroachment on the CRP for this particular land that you're going to, what about burning now is better for that than six months ago? So in the winter burns during the early spring or the winter, when you burn through grass that will obviously 
easily burn. The plant has all of its nutrient reserves in the root system. And so you run that fire through there, and it's the same thing as if you just cut it off with a chainsaw. All the nutrients are still in the roots, and once the growing season kicks off again, that tree immediately is going to re-sprout. This time of year, a lot of the plant's nutrients are in the top of the tree. And with a little bit of rain that we got even in the, the past week or so, it's running its nutrients as it typically would. Sometimes in a drought, they'll actually resort to storing those nutrients down below. Um, but more of the plant's nutrients are up top. And so when you run the fire through, you set it back more effectively than you would if you do it when it's completely dormant. That makes sense. So is that kind of the same um, Oh, I, the same thought with um, – well, you, you saw one of my hunting properties this this last year. We walked it and how – just freaking nasty and crappy it is now obviously you have the the one problem of the you know being dark and you know under the understory and it's not very open in there but if you were able to successfully burn in a really thick um oh you know brushy area up to head height let's say you just got all the crap that you don't want in there is it the Mm -hmm. same basic premise with you know, plants like the the locust and the things that you don't like, the invasive species, they're also kind of out and alive by now. And so if you're able to successfully burn them, they would, you would do more damage to, I guess, them um, than you would early spring when you're, you're kind of opening it up for them. Yep, that's correct. So if you burn it in the spring, you're going to wipe out everything above, which is essentially just dead plant material anyways. And all the nutrients that you're sending back down to the ground are going to go right back to the roots of that plant, and it's just going to go off like gangbusters again. And uh, wait a minute, like uh, yeah, three weeks later, you're like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I swear, I just yeah. set this on fire. Yeah, I mean, it'll set it back, but it's invasive species for a reason, so it's just does really well. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. So, um, are people are. Like, are you, would it be better to do this rather than like just a normal, some type of spray that would kill it this time Uh, of year, this time of year? A spray will, as long as you get complete coverage and the conditions are right, again, um, you, you essentially kill that whole plant as long as you use the right chemical. And so I'm using 2,4-D and Pasture Guard in a mix to spray stuff like Multiflora Rose and Ceresia Lespediza and uh, all, all of that, all those woody invasives. So I guess but in theory that would be more effective, right? Because you're actually just, you're killing them. More effective, more expensive, right. more hazardous to more your dangerous. health. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I come in contact with a little bit more of that stuff than I would like. I would much rather burn than spray. <laughs> Makes sense. It's, it's the cheapest. It's the most cost-effective, the most natural. Um, you get more benefits from nutrient recycling by burning. All that goes into the ground. And so th- those are some of the positives to burning versus chemical. But chemical, in most instances, even, even during a summer burn, you're going to have to come back with chemical at some point because there's a seed bank or... Some of those are still going to re-sprout or whatever that might be. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that makes total sense. I mean, <clears throat> what are I guess so? What are the the hurdles you have to overcome when you burn in the summer, though? I mean, do you have to like? Is your preparation and your execution different just because of the I guess the difficulty you might have? Like, what what challenges do you have in the summertime? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the challenges are that a lot of times that the vegetation is green versus in the spring it's dead. So already there's that hurdle of um, burning things that are, are living and they have moisture in them. Um, so it's more difficult in that aspect. A lot of times in the CRP um, scenario anyways, what you're burning is the dead thatch from the previous year's growth that is underneath. And so getting that humidity down or yeah, down low enough is important because the, the green grass will slow that fire too. And in a growing season burn is not the same intense ripping thing that um, spring burns can be, especially in like a grassland scenario. Yeah. And let once in a while. Like probably unless it's just drier than hell out and right. everything's pretty much dead anyways, just right. without any moisture. I'm sure, I'm sure that's when it gets a little sketchy. Right. Okay. Um, and that's, that's another thing too. It's sketchy in those, those grassland burns in the spring and the winter because everything around you is all dormant. Sometimes you can use those forest edges and some of those features as your fire break if you can get into there in case of the need to put a fire out you don't want to rely on that if it's if you can't get into it but sometimes like tomorrow there's a section of it that i know just based on how dense and dark it is that a fire is not going to creep through there um so for i'm going to go ahead and mow the line anyways because there's segments along there but I'm not going to be as worried in those areas where it creeps into that dense vegetation. Yeah. Not that you would be careless, but you have, you can control the fire a little easier this time of year. Yeah. Um, once again, yeah. unless everything's just dead, but um, because you kind of have that already working against you at the same time though, it's harder than for you to successfully do it. Like I'm, I'm sure at times you're like, okay, I've got this. It's, it's off. It's got it. And then, it's sh- it's sh- out and you got to start again or whatever but um yep. i'm sure there's some of that and some cussing on your part at times <laughs> <laughs> yeah some old crap <laughs> right but um yeah but never yeah especially I, i'll do that every once in a while where you know i know what that's gonna be like but for anybody listening just make sure you got good fire lines make sure you got three or four people with you got all the equipment to put the fire out and just so- don't complacency is what will get you <laughs> well because one of the big things that would worry well like andy who's not here tonight so hey tell andy to screw off right here you know right here just tell him you know he doesn't love you <laughs> yeah he doesn't love me <laughs> um, he, likes, he likes corn more than i like corn. that's what i was just going to say guys like him you know farmers obviously right now there's beans and corn in the ground and that are actively growing and so you do definitely have that, I guess, that, that worry of things like that yeah. getting uh, affected, whereas in early spring, you're not going to, you know, be worried about them as much because uh, right. they're not in the ground. And, you know, a lot of those field edges are cultivated, too, 
um, where you can, that is there, there's a fire break right there. It's a bunch of fresh dirt, but so that's something you got to definitely worry about this time of year. So, I mean, it's not like you're not taking the same precautions that you would in the, in the winter time. It's just, it's a different, you know, ball game this time of year, as far as things you don't want affected, um, compared to things that you maybe don't care about in the winter, but then you also have the added benefit that it's harder to burn stuff now. So you can kind of be a little more, I mean, do you get more aggressive this time of year than you might in early winter or are you about the same Um, overall? It's hard to say yes to it. Just it's so situationally dependent and, um, kind of like talking about the crop situation that you just mentioned. There, there's better times in the growing season to burn depending on your goals too. So a little bit later than now would actually be better because more of those plant nutrients are all the way up. And um, But the later in the growing season you get, the more dormant the crops are. So the corn is starting to dry out and the beans are starting to dry out. So September, if you're doing a growing season burn in September, you're more likely to light somebody's whole cornfield on fire. So you better make sure that yeah. You got a good fire line there. That would not be something that either of you would be happy about. <laughs> that that would be no. bad. That'd yes. be real bad. That'd be, that'd be a not good. Not good. Uh, I've got the insurance, but I'd rather not use it. So sure, just, yeah. You don't want to yeah. use the stuff. That's for sure. Um, so, uh, are there certain? Are there any plants or uh, invasives that you have found it more effective to burn now than in the winter? Or vice versa. Yeah. yeah. Um winter burns are really good for helping to set back the as long as they're not big um specimens of honeysuckle and olive, they're pretty good at setting those species back. But if you burn grass in the wintertime and you have a cerecialus problem, you are making conditions better for that cerecialus And so that's one of the main ones that is a huge problem in in this area. Um, well, we it's had pretty it, much. Isn't it your place that had it pretty bad? Yeah, I or, think so. What was it that was all over the ground? I don't know. I had a lot of crap on the ground. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I had a lot of. I had a big old mess. Dustin's like I honestly don't remember because <laughs> you guys had such <laughs> shitty places. <laughs> but. Uh, no, you guys both had uh, Japanese honey stuff. That's what it was. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um. That's a, that's, I have notes for that a little bit too. Um, but, and I, it's not that I've found that it's better, but it's known that growing season burns are better for setting back Cerise Lespediza and, um, kind of back to like better times for that. Even it starts to put on its seed and flowers a little bit later than now. And so if you can get a fire hot enough, to burn that plant up while it has the seed on, you can actually effectively cancel that seed with that, that burn. It will not, it won't germinate anymore. Um, so, so you yeah, can almost effectively knock it back for generations, quote unquote. Yeah. Except for it has a lot of seed in the ground and the seed <laughs> made for three seeds. Um, that's has a lot of longevity. Sneaky so. son of a bitch. Yeah, it's not fun. It's like the worst thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I can see that. Now, what a about... A lot of times... Go ahead. A lot of times that Cerecia is so dense, though, in many situations, that it's one of the areas that a fire in a grassland burn will 
stop. But it might be easier for you to get up to it and then spray that patch if you burned everything that was around it. So that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if you got like a tall grassy area that you're not going to you know, be walking through, and then you burn, and then you just have these patches of that left over. I'm not going to try to say the word because that would sound stupid. You know, just sitting there left over. I mean, you can walk right up to them and then spray them. So I guess that's definitely a positive. Or what about uh, spraying it before you burn, killing it as much as you can, and then would that then would it catch fire after that? Or yeah, okay. uh, I have. Can you? How how loud is my dog barking in the background? Oh, she's no, fine. Yeah, we can't hear. She's fine. You're fine. She can come in and watch you. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna close the door on her. <laughs> mean dad. Probably should come in. Yeah, she could. Um. Yes, actually, I, I that's something that I wrote down too. Because it is more difficult to do certain things this time time of year, there are ways that you can create the scenario that maybe I wouldn't have been able to burn. But if I go in and I spray, and then two weeks later that stuff's all browning up and drying out, now I can burn it effectively. Um, another another thing that would help that is you can mow. You want to mow high, and so that it when you leave the stuff that you cut, it kind of has a dense layer, not a dense layer, but it has air in it. It's fluffy. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of falls down in the stuff that's still green, so it leaves that fluffiness to it. Then you might be able to run fire in a few weeks after what you mowed. That makes sense. So if I you mean, cut it all yeah. If you cut it all the way short, a lot of times it's so close to the ground and so compacted that it it won't want to. But the main thing, even in that instance, is going to be if your humidity and the sunlight is what it needs to be. Yeah. So it's really just dependent on like the property you're, you're burning in this situation. If you've got a property with a bunch of Cerecial Espediza. Nice. I had to really think about that one. (laughs) If you've got a property full of that, you might attack that differently than if it's a property full of, you know, small young woody brows or whatever that you're trying to, knock back out of a crp area like you're going to tomorrow or whatever you know you could say in that the first uh scenario i kind of painted you might go in spray this the invasive species let it brown up then go back and just like attack fire in those areas specifically um or like you said you might mow and then go back and attack it i guess it just is dependent on what you're trying to accomplish and in you know what property so I guess that's the biggest thing is you have to see what you're you're attacking, or at least have a very good idea. I'm assuming most of these properties you have have you either already seen them or at least had a really detailed talk with who you're going to work with. Why do I sound like a prepubescent? Boy? I don't know. You keep your <laughs> mouth. I think it's karma. My voice keeps cracking. Yeah, he's talking so it's much. Karma shit. from all that but talking crap so talking. Shit. <laughs> he's scared. I hey, don't even know it. Why don't you come chase me? <laughs> He probably could get you now. He probably could. It no, sounds like you, you bro, outrun No, listen to this. I, I know we're going. We never off even we never even got into it though. Like he, we didn't his injury. Yeah, we didn't yeah, talk I forgot about, about it. that. Yeah, we can cover that. We'll cover it. In a, we'll do it at the end. Okay. Uh, no shit though. Last Monday, Monday I ran slash walked for two miles trying to get ready for Wyoming, and at the end of my run, I thought to myself, "I'm gonna fucking die in Wyoming. <laughs> I'm gonna die on that mountain. That's what's gonna happen." But anyway, um, you know, I mean, you, you, you really just need to see the property, right? 
to decide yeah. how am I going to attack this with fire one way or the other. Yep. Yep. So like, like you mentioned with spraying beforehand and then burning, that would actually be something that you guys could do on with the Japanese honeysuckle. Um, get that stuff dying. It'd burn up like curtains. And then, you know, you'd have these little holes and it, it would be a repetitive thing still, like I mentioned before. But Right. Would that, I mean, because obviously my, my place is mostly timber, uh, what effect on the trees does it have uh, whenever you're burning it, in it summer? It like depends on the, on the fuel height. And most of the timber on both of your guys' places, there wasn't a whole lot of great. Yeah, that's timber. right. We had bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you might accidentally kill some honey locusts and some hedge trees, but, you know, who cares? Right. Um, well, that, that is something you want to be careful of. You wouldn't want to uh, torch some some younger, especially uh, oak trees or, or something that you might want to keep. Um, it would have to be very super dry and probably windy for um, for it to catch a mature oak tree or something like that. Right. Yeah. So that's when you wouldn't really have a huge problem if you've if you've sprayed sprayed the invasive you're trying to get rid of in especially in a timber area let's say if you've sprayed it a couple weeks before it's browning up but let's say it's been rainy uh, you know let's a, a couple days before you go out and burn that might not be a good thing for you in that case because yeah. the only thing that's going to burn is the shit that's dying. Yep. Um, yeah, and then you don't have to worry about. Like yeah, if you're in a sensitive area that you don't want it to get out of control, then you might wait for the lesser conditions just so that you know that it's not going to go past what's already dead. Yeah. So what I'm basically gathering from our talk so far about summer fire, I guess I've never really thought of it for what I call winter fire. You know, winter fire, I just, you know, you go out there with your freaking torch and you start a fire and you let it run. With summer fire you know what i'm kind of gathering is there's a lot more thinking and strategy that is involved because yeah well it's harder and you got to think about you know because if you do affect tree or i guess vegetation that you don't want to you're also going to do accomplish the same bad shit to the stuff you don't want to affect that you would the stuff you do want to affect so um i would i guess i would I'm kind of gathering that just going out there with a torch and saying, well, you know, summer fire is a great thing might not be a smart idea. You really need to think about what it is you're trying to accomplish before mm-hmm. you just start letting, lighting things on fire. Yep. Yeah. And it's just, gonna, it depends on, will I be able to, you know, and that's going to have an effect on the approach. Right. Um, where I'm going tomorrow has plenty of dead from last year, cool season grass underneath, and it's going to burn. And so I don't have to do anything extra to get ready except for drop fire like I would in a winter fire. Right, right. Is it going to knock about or knock back your uh, like your native species that you're going to want to come back? Obviously, or how or does it affect them as much as it does everything else, or is, or do they come back quicker? To to simplify spring versus summer burning, you burn in the spring to promote grasses. So say you have a, a piece of prairie ecosystem that you're going to burn. You burn in the spring 
the warm season grasses, hopefully that you have there are going to do very well. Spring burning does well for grass. If you have cool season grass, it's going to do well too. Mm-hmm. Um, a typical rule of thumb in the, in the native when you burn in the summer is that you are going to set those grasses back and then the next growing season and even this coming cool growing season, like October, November, you're going to have more forbs and even your cool season grass will grow back this, this fall. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like you kind of need both. Yeah. It's well, almost, I could see where you want to use both in to your advantage. Yeah. In I different mean, scenarios. Yes. But a lot of and people most, only think about wintertime burning or early spring burning. Like, I mm-hmm. before we met Dustin and we, he well, started, I, mean, I yeah. never thought about burning in the summer. Right. I just like, no, you, everything's green. Why the hell would you do that? Like, yeah. If somebody would have said, dude, why aren't you burning right now? I'd have been like, because I'm not an idiot. Yeah. Now I feel like <laughs> an idiot. Fire in summer. It's already, a, <laughs> yeah. it's already 100 degrees outside. I don't need <laughs> right. anymore. Right. Dude, that's one thing. You're going to be sweating your you, nuts off tomorrow, bro. I'll be plenty hot. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he stays so felt. Yeah. He's always sweating. He's just sweating. Yeah. Constantly <laughs> dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get some electrolytes in your kidneys, bro. Yeah. I don't know. But. Um, I do plenty of water, not enough electrolytes. Yeah. I would say, like, it's um, it's something that, like, a guy like me or Micah, that's where someone like Dustin would benefit the what I would call the average Joe because you know let's say we were trying to knock down our cerezial espadiza well we would probably just start burning instead of thinking through hey it would be a good idea to burn or kill this real quick with some spray or even mowing it at the bottoms or whatever you could do then come back and you know burn you know that would take that would require planning and sometimes people like us mm-hmm. don't plan. We just go start we tearing just, shit up. We just do. Well, I never know when I'm going to be able to go out right. and work on my farm. Right. I mean, I have slacked big time this year just because I haven't had the time to go out and oh, actually do anything. He would be disappointed in me because I still haven't mowed yeah. at that property. Well, I've done that. It's going to happen soon, that's I promise. About, that's about the only thing I've done. <laughs> and I have killed some cedar trees. Time. Yeah, I've Now's the time. I've killed I've killed quite a bit of cedar trees, so you'd be proud of me on that one, you know. Oh, you did! I remember you did have cedars. It was down in the thick cedars when we got close to the yeah. pond. Yeah, I've taken some of those cedars out and mowed some of that back, and I got into some of that thicker timber that we didn't even walk through, and there were some cedars around in there, and I was able to take a few out and clear some more crap up. But uh, other than that, I haven't been able to do as much as I wanted yeah. to. Um, but yeah, I you you would actually be proud of me and Micah finally. Not that it is anything that we've accomplished, but him and I picked up a new hunting property this year for us, and um, it actually has like good trees. Yeah, like nice, like straight, good, like normal trees, and not just bullshit. It's not all. Uh, <laughs> it's got know, some areas, sure, but, but it's not. Uh, hedge and thorny locusts it's right. actually got some oaks and walnuts like we were and- walking through the, the first time we're like we could hang there 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 <laughs> there 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 like all these different places we could actually hang in and uh, uh so what's the one i sent you the the map of uh okay we'll, we'll talk about it we'll talk about it later but yeah, yeah it's that one um so i mean i guess from the planning side like that's where you call a guy like dustin Right. You know, even if it's just a consultation, 
I mean, you know, he will work. What do you say? Have have vehicle, will travel, will work for food. You know, like yeah. if if all they want is a consultation, then you know that's what he'll give them. Obviously, he would prefer to give you a consultation and come do the work. But the dude's got a phone number, man. Like, and by the way, it's eight one six seven five two seventy three ninety. But you know, he. This is uh you know where I would err on the side of caution. Caution because. The last thing I would want to do, especially if like I was boarded up to a farmer, is is well, I mean, even if your fire got too hot and it damaged the crop next to it. Yeah, I mean, if you're um, right up next to a crop, if it gets hot enough, it will it'll ruin those, you know. Yeah, it's not yeah, going to be the entire same. field, but you know, you're still going to owe them some money. Yeah. <laughs> so um and I guess that's why I never thought of it cuz you, you know, you got less access, you got stuff that you don't want damaged. But at the same time, the fire is probably not going to be as "quote unquote" effective or get as out of hand, so you can control it much better than you maybe could in the winter burn. But um, I just I'm excited to hear some of the benefits to you know summer burning. We've already talked about some of the negatives, I guess. But is there any other negatives versus positives that? you have seen with your summer burning uh, i mean it's all relative too i mean it's not necessarily negatives and positives as much as it, i mean it's a negative that it's going to be super hot and if you do it in the summer make sure you have plenty of water but um, think about all those ticks you're for fucking, think of all those ticks you're yeah fucking that, that, you're that's gonna it. feel good yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thousands the hundreds <laughs> of stupid thousands. bastards yeah i would I, I might just do that just to laugh <laughs> yeah um, and when I think of I think of negative versus positive, it's more like what might happen in this scenario versus this scenario. So one thing that could happen is that you have a, a patchy burn and it trickles through. But what I like about that is that usually I'm doing things to mimic nature. And in nature, nothing is like all the way wiped out all the time. And so it creates diversity in that in that aspect, and and not burning the whole, not having a clean black slate isn't a problem. It's just creating little areas of this type of vegetation versus little areas of this ve- type of vegetation. So, uh, I, I, I yeah, got it. I got it. Guess it's on how you look at really, it. What about? Yeah, it's really just how. What about as far as the deer are concerned? I mean, I, I mean, I do all this because I want to shoot big deer. You know, I want big deer around me. I'll go bang bang. As as a hunter and doing these summer burns, what what have you noticed? Like what the herd does? Like as far as your deer herd, like do they move out for a little while longer since some of their food is obviously going away, or do they come right back the next day, or how's that? Well, there is so much food everywhere right now that where you're burning isn't going to be enough of an issue to run those deer off. And so they can go not very far, I guarantee you, and find plenty of food. It might be the cornfield that you're trying not to burn up right next door. Right. But um, from a hunting standpoint, when you burn, think of when you burn in the winter, early spring, Turkeys really like it, right? Because mm-hmm. it grains up. There's tons of bugs in there, and they tend to flock up around a fresh burn and enjoy their mating season there. It's not much different for a white-tailed deer if you burn in the summer. 
So you get the area that you burn now through September. It cools off, starts to get more damp in October. The cool season stuff grows just like a fall food plot. And now you have a cheap fall food plot that you just ran fire through to create and you didn't have to buy any seed and you didn't have to turn your tractor on. You just had to not burn up your neighbor's cornfield. Hey, while Andy's on vacation, let's burn up all my shit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he comes back. He's like, what happened? His field has gone. Be like, hey, listen, what had happened was we didn't call Dustin to come help us. <laughs> I haven't personally witnessed the follow-up. A lot of times, unfortunately, what happens when I'm doing work is I do the work and then I'm on to the next thing. And unless I get feedback from the landowner, I don't always see. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm willing to bet that that would be a positive uh, as far as white-tailed deer hunting goes because you're taking out what's dead and dormant right now, and then the new vegetation is going to come in the fall when you want it to come. And it's going to be stuff that's green during that time of year. So yeah, and I mean, if it takes, I mean, if it does, if it's a good fire, you know, it makes life easier on them too in that certain property. I mean, we all know deer have no problem walking through thick shit. Yep. But do you think they prefer to do that? No. I mean, we've all, we've all seen we've all mowed mowed trails. Well, I mean, like my property, Dustin, you saw it where my trails were mowed. Guess where a lion's share of the deer walked? Where it was easier for them to walk, which is where I mowed. Now, obviously not all the time. Big old mature bucks sometimes like to stay in the bull crap and, you know, make sure they don't get messed with. But, I mean, that deer right above me walked down a mowed trail in the middle of the rut because it was easier for him and he could scent check quicker. And so, you know, we all, we all see that. And I guess when you're doing it now – now through season, that area is going to be easier for them to uh, access access and, you know, do their thing in than if it was still, you know, thick and lush and all that crap. And, you know, now it's just kind of reset before the season. So I could see where that would be a really positive for the deer population too. Yep. I'm small. You're small. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got? Summer fire. Uh, you gonna, are you going to come light some of my stuff on fire? Well, that sounds fun. Good. Hey, you coming my way tomorrow? Just stop by. Yeah, light it uh, up. I'm going east. I'm going straight east of uh, St. Joe. So you're just going to be just north of me. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he's going to have his handful. How many, How big is the piece that you're doing? Uh, 18 acres. Okay, so it's not huge, but I no, mean, good size. No. Uh, the guy has a driveway on the high end, which in all fires you want to start at your high ground and work downhill because fire climbs. Mm-hmm. High ground and as much downwind as you can, a lot like hunting deer. So that's another benefit to topography is knowing how to work fire. That's and, something else I didn't think of. Yep. Work it right down into that creek. Yeah, and then it stops, and that's where you stop. Yeah, it makes sense. So you really have to, you know, pay attention to a lot of factors. I mean, if you let's say this property tomorrow you're going to is a perfect square, and you coming in from the north, and the wind is blowing from the south, and you're trying to work south, you're going to fight that wind the entire time downhill. Yep, you always start at the furthest down downwind spot, and so 
here's a negative you asked a little bit ago of uh, growing season fire is it's a lot more smoky because right. the vegetation vegetation has moisture in it. And so hopefully I can stay just ahead of the smoke and put it out like right behind me. Right. Because it gets pretty brutal sometimes when <laughs> blowing around your face. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to let the fire department know that you'll be burning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, anybody... Anybody that's looking to burn in Missouri, all you need to do is um, have a good plan, have help, have water and the tools to put it out, which a leaf blower is going to be the most effective. And then water is emergency situation. You don't want to have to rely on water. Yeah. Um, don't want to burn up your truck. But you just call. Some places might have, a, they might want you to call the rural fire department. But you call the sheriff's department and say, hey, this is the property address. We're doing a controlled burn. And sometimes they want you to tell them when it's done. They'll ask you what you're burning, how many acres. Um, sometimes they just say, yeah, if I don't hear from you, that means everything went okay. So yeah, pretty yeah. much what that does is alert the neighbors so they don't have a bunch of random people calling saying there's a fire somewhere and they know where it's at and and sometimes you're in a burn ban area i mean like we've been in a bit of a drought the last two summers in missouri um like Mm -hmm. all i gotta do is look at my pond and see that it's five foot low and know that it's been dry here Uh, now i don't know about where you're going tomorrow different areas have had a lot more rain than other areas just a couple miles away but you know, sometimes you go to say, hey, I'm going to burn. You call the local fire district and they're like, hey, dude, uh, we're in a burn ban right now. You can't. Yep. You can't. Red red flag day. Yep. So, you know, um, always check that, that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's something that at the later end of the season. So next month is August. It's almost August now. But towards the end of August, early September, if it's still as dry as it has been, there will be a lot of burn ban days, I'm sure. Yeah, especially as, as uh, farmers start um harvesting the crops that's when you got a lot more opportunities for fires you know uh maybe a combine sparks and starts a field on fire um you know field fires definitely pick up when combine or harvest season starts uh start everything's dying going dormant like you said um there was a day last year when we had our drought if you remember it was in kansas city uh the kansas city area was a, a super windy day and then it, it was also in the middle of a drought, and we had so many field fires and fires just throughout the city. Um, and so, yeah, if you're in a burn ban and it's a 20-mile-an-hour day and uh, you want to go burn, maybe think twice about that. Yeah. that's when maybe, you could cause some issues. pick another day. Yep. A lot of that's going to happen based on, like you said, wind speed, um, humidity. When the humidity's down in the 20s, it, it's – or maybe think about not doing it, but there's a there's a small window there where where you can burn where it's safe. Yeah. So usually it's either too too hot or too wet, too dry, or too windy. So. Yep. Yeah. Never never like the day you're like, hey, I have today open, I should go burn. No, I can't. That it's That's raining. Like or, yeah. The whole week I thought I was going to burn today, and I woke up this morning, and it was like the forecast switched on me from what I had seen. Not, I mean, weatherman's is right. As, as he is, but Brian Busby um, wasn't there right here. Yeah, that's right. I could have <laughs> told Brian you. Busby. Um, so now we can finally kind of talk about it. So tomorrow, when you go do your burn, are you going to take your little rascal, or how are you going to get around? <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking. 
<laughs> so now we can talk will- about the injury since we um so i guess and we've talked about it before but you tore you ruptured your achilles like what two months ago three months uh, ago now yeah it was mother's day yeah mother's day night and i already know what happened but what did you do I was blowing the gutters out, and I was done doing that, and nobody was holding the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> yeah, that's up. And I don't know if you need the roof, roofing flashing is made of sheet metal, and it's really sharp, and so it will cut your Achilles tendon right in half. Oh, I did not know that part. Oh, man. I, th- I thought you landed and it ruptured. You actually so had your you Achilles sliced in half? Just cut. Oh, dude. Yeah, but I mean, I was in such shock that I didn't know. You know, I hit the ground, and I luckily I didn't hurt myself worse or break my neck or anything like that. But that hurts me just thinking about that. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really know. I, I thought at it. when you when I talked to you, I thought you said you fell off the ladder and like when you landed, you know, your Achilles popped. I didn't realize you cut through the damn thing. Yeah. Oh, I, I wish I wouldn't have asked more questions about that, Micah. You shouldn't have told me to talk that sounds, about it. That sounds terrible, man. Yeah, and a, so they had to attach that, right? They had to put it back together. Yeah, had, Do yeah. not – if you're looking for pictures on your phone right now. I want to see them. <laughs> I know that's what he's doing. Go ahead and send those were over. You at least, were whatever. you at least blowing out your mother's gutters for her on Mother's Day? Is that what you were doing? No. I had saw her that day. I was in St. Louis with my sister and my family and my girlfriend and uh, – we came home and there was rain coming that night. And from the last rain, I knew that our gutters needed to get cleaned out. And so I was up there doing that, and I was all, I was done. And it was just climbing back on the ladder to climb down, and it went slid out. Oh man, that yeah, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. That, that makes me think of like a paper cut, you know, like just put like a thousand times worse. I know, but just like if you put a piece of paper on your finger and purposely tried to cut it, yeah, uh, that. Quit looking for the pictures. I don't. I don't want to see. Well, I do want to see them, but maybe after we record. <laughs> They're sending to you right now. Oh, so. he's sending Perfect. it to us. Sweet. Um, what else? What are some other things that you're kind of accomplishing this time of year? This show with us will come out August eighth. Um, happy birthday, Amy. Yeah. And uh, this show will come out on August eighth. So, what are some other things you're kind of doing right now outside of Summer Fire that is pretty beneficial? Um, herbicide is big right now. It's that, that time of year where the cerecia, the multiple rose, um, anything that's accessible, um, it's a good time to spray. If you have, uh, dense stands of certain trees in the woods, this is hack and squirt season. Okay. And so I still have so, time then. <laughs> I can still hack yeah. and squirt. Yeah. I don't remember any hack and squirt areas on your place, but. Oh, I had quite a bit. I got, I had a lot of them uh, thorny locusts and crap like that. We wanted to take oh, care of. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of times it's a bunch of elms and ironwood and those type got, of trees where it's super open underneath of them, and so it's just stems everywhere. And you're, um, there's that. It's fall food plot season. I don't do I don't do a whole lot in the food food plot department, um, but. It's time to get some of that stuff in the ground. Um, but he would, folks. He would. <laughs> but I will. <laughs> Once again, have, have truck, we'll travel. He'll probably come have up with truck. a better plan for you to where you're getting natural food rather than... I'm more likely to tell you where your food pots should go and now you if do. you want. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like I, I think a lot of hunters or outdoorsmen uh, don't really think of late July through early September as a time to do this sort of stuff. Right now, they, they food plots is definitely on people's minds, but they're thinking about hanging stands and they're, you know, getting areas prepped, but they're not really thinking about the the property aspect right now. It's kind of more of the the deer, the deer hunting, you know, like I like I'm I'm checking my cameras oh, right now. Screw you, bro. To our listeners, he just sent the pictures to us. <laughs> oh, that's uh, nasty, nasty. Man. Jesus. How unlucky are you? If that was like two inches lower, it's just cutting your heel. <laughs> you know, I, know. I mean, it's going to hurt, but at least you wouldn't have surgery. Yeah, that's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I talked crap. I apologize, my friend. He's doing better, though. He's one of this. <laughs> but if you ever cross me, I will slice your other Achilles. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What is that? Uh, the Office episode, Dwight. I love you guys, but if you cross me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I love that show. So, um, yeah, but it's just that time of year where people are, you know, they're in that hunting, they're getting in that hunting mode, and there's definitely still a lot you can get done um, on this that can help the hunting. Um, it's just a matter of getting out there and, you know, dealing with the freaking heat. And me and Mike are no um, strangers to, you know, working in this heat right now. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, it's especially for guys like us and obviously Dustin you got the day to go do it you have to go do it and if it's 102 degrees it's 102 degrees um I went out and put trail cams out when it was raining one morning because I I that was the morning I had and it was raining so I I went and got wet you know it's just sometimes you got to do what you got to do now obviously fire you don't get to be as you can't just go whenever you've got to use the conditions that you have but um yeah now's the time man i mean by the time this comes out this will kind of be prime burning season it sounds like um kind of starting now and and going for the next you know six weeks or however long you think you can push it um yeah usually september is a good kind of time one of my one of my growing season burns that i mentioned earlier is from a bunch of cedars that i cut earlier this year and I know they're going to be good and orange and um, going to go ahead and take advantage of that to set back whatever's underneath of those. And it'll leave it'll leave their skeletons. Um, but I know the landowner is going to continue to run fire through there in the, in the future. And so they'll they'll work their way down. But that's going to be good structure for the wildlife and everything. So nice. That's yep. just another version of cut it and then and burn it to create the opportunity. It, it's dead and that's how it'll burn. So, yeah, makes sense. Well, they're already going to hear this, but uh, let people know how they can get a hold of Habitat Works and uh, get some, uh, pick some of your brain knowledge and have you come out and do some stuff for them. Uh, yeah, give me a call. 816-752-7390, HabitatWorksLLC at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook. Those are, those are the best ways. So, And obviously, we're going to tag Dustin, and if you are looking for work to get done or some plans to get done or whatever, and you can't think of how, who the hell that guy is that Missouri Woods and Water talked about, just ask us yeah. or get on our website. He's partnered with us. He's one of our awesome partners. We love uh, working with Dustin. He's on our website. He ain't hard to find. So if you can't figure it out, just ask us. 
um, and we'll we'll point you in the right direction. So, Dustin Williams, Habitat Works. Thanks for coming on and talking about Summer Fire. Thank you. See ya. See you, man.